Hi, and welcome to Listen with Lewis. I'm Rob Stevens, and today I'm excited to be talking with Rebecca Kelly, the Digital Inclusion and E-Learning Program Manager at Lewis. I'm going to be talking with Rebecca about the Digital Inclusion Pilot, which is a really important program that looks to address digital literacy and equity gaps in the state of Louisiana. Rebecca's going to explain both what the Digital Inclusion Pilot is, what digital literacy and equity are, as well as how this is applicable to academic libraries in the state of Louisiana. How are you doing today, Rebecca? I'm doing well. Thank you, Rob. Glad to be here with you and, and have this conversation. And right now you are working on a digital inclusion pilot for the state of Louisiana. So I think it'd be great if we could just start by having you give us kind of like an elevator pitch, a short version of what the digital inclusion pilot is. So the Digital Inclusion Pilot is a one-year effort in Louisiana to address the digital divide, um, specifically in public libraries, um, with an emphasis on digital literacy. And this is a partnership between the Board of Regents, Lewis, the State Library, and Connect LA, which is the Louisiana Office of Broadband Development and Connectivity. The Connect LA team provided us with digital inclusion research, and they helped us identify the pilot's um, goals. And one statistic they shared with us that we found to be significant is that 460,000 working age adults in Louisiana lack the basic foundational computer skills. And we also partnered with the State Library. They selected the five public libraries to participate in the pilot. So during this pilot, these five libraries will trial new digital literacy programming in their communities. They're going to work to enhance their existing digital skills instruction and try out some new outreach strategies to see if we can reduce that number of people in Louisiana who are not digitally literate. And so I think it's important before we continue our conversation to just talk about what um, digital equity is because that is what we're aiming for with the digital inclusion pilot is to bring digital equity to all individuals and communities in Louisiana. And that means that everyone has the information technology capacity to fully participate in our ever increasingly online society, whether that's access to employment, lifelong learning, or essential services. And so this this effort to bring digital equity to Louisiana um, and reduce the digital divide through this pilot furthers the Board of Regents Master Plan, which calls for 60% of working age adults to hold a degree or high value credential by the year 2030. And who are the five parishes that are participating in this pilot program? Oh, um, of course, that's East Carroll in the northeast corner of Louisiana, Rapides Parish, um, West Feliciana, Livingston, and Jefferson. Great. Those are the, the pilot sites that were selected. Uh, mainly because they serve different population groups in the state. A couple of them are larger, more suburban parishes, and then there's a few very rural, low population um, parishes. So they have different size libraries with different budgets, different um, sizes of staff. Um, so the idea is to kind of um, test out some of this programming so that we can um, make recommendations to roll it out statewide based on what we learn in the pilot. So... Something that I've had to learn in working with you and talking to you about this program is that I think it's a really amazing program, but it took me a little bit to kind of understand what the issue at hand was because it wasn't an issue that I personally was familiar with. And through talking to you and working with you, I've become a lot more familiar with that. So I'm wondering kind of 
for lack of a better way of asking this, but what what is the issue that this digital inclusion pilot is looking to solve? So you use this term digital literacy or the lack thereof. And I wonder if you can just talk a little bit about what that is and how it specifically affects Louisiana. So there are a lot of layers to this topic. And so it might be helpful just to give a little bit of um, background on the different topics. So the pilot is a digital inclusion pilot and digital inclusion includes digital literacy, but it also includes access to internet, access to devices such as a computer, a desktop, laptop, a tablet, and having technical support to be able to you know, know how to fix things on your computer or how, how to do something specific. And so there's a lot of working components to that, but the big one is digital literacy because libraries historically have provided um, this type of support to their community. So holding computer classes, teaching people how to, how to use their computer to do certain activities that they need, whether it's applying for a job, whether it is having the technology and today, the technology to be able to do telehealth and be able to talk to your doctors in a rural area. And so what's happened over the course of the last few decades is that some people have been left behind. And so a lot of us made an assumption that everyone knew how to use a computer, that everyone had the basic digital literacy skills to be able to participate fully in society and take advantage of all the technologies that are out there. And what we found out during the pandemic, it became very clear, especially to state leaders, is that there was there was a large number of people in Louisiana that didn't have those basic skills, in addition to not having access to the internet, not having a computer in the home, and libraries have always filled that gap. So this is essentially trying to address a problem that's been kind of hidden, and it's now been brought to the surface with the pandemic. And I think a lot of our audience is maybe academic librarians who'd be listening to this. You know, Lewis is a consortium of academic librarians. So I'm wondering if you could articulate ways in which Either academic librarians could help or better understand how it's affecting the populations that they serve. Um, can you give us maybe a little insight into that? Yeah, um, it's a really good question, Rob. I think that this topic of making sure that people have the digital literacy skills, the digital skills to be able to um, effectively use all of the technology and tools that we have is is really something that our academic librarians should be aware of if they're not, because I think there's an assumption made. If we just think about the college student, we make an assumption that all of our, you know, if student is in college, then they have all these skills. But what we're seeing is that that's not actually true. A lot of them, um, yes, they know how to, to do some things using technology, but some of the skill set that they might need in the classroom, they actually don't. We're hearing from professors um, that students don't know how to download documents and save and, and change file names. So there are some skills, specific skill set that they don't have. And then a lot of them also, especially if they're coming from rural areas that don't, um, maybe their first gen college student, maybe they didn't have anyone in their family to teach them how to use some of these things. They're coming to college um, just having the skill set of what they can do on their phone versus what um, you might need to use a computer. But in addition to the college student that our academic audience might want to be aware of, there's also the surrounding communities, the communities that our colleges are, are located in. I think that academic librarians and our academic audience would be well served to know um, how best to help our communities that we're placed in, how to um, 
how to help make sure that people have the skill set to be able to participate fully in in society. That's super interesting. And one of the really interesting things I think about the digital inclusion pilot that you talked to me about is that in each of those parish libraries that you've mentioned, those five parishes, there are these digital navigators who are spending time or devoting part of their time at work to to providing these services. And so I'm wondering, and I know it looks different at different libraries maybe, but I'm wondering what are like the practical actual things that these digital navigators are doing? Um, what are the types of activities they're doing to help? What might you find them or see them doing at a library? Yes. Um, thank you for bringing up the digital navigators because I, I forgot to mention that part of it. That's a very important part of the pilot. So um, these are, the digital navigators are um, librarians and library staff and IT staff in these different libraries. And um, they have gone through a lot of hours, many hours of training to serve as digital navigators. They're doing this in addition to their regular duties. And in some cases, they've already done some of these things. So they've been giving additional training. So they meet with patrons one-on-one. It could be where someone walks up to a desk and asks for help. And so they help them like librarians have always done. In some cases, some of our libraries are setting up office hours where they can make appointments. They have a specific question. And if they know what the special need is, like maybe maybe the person coming in and needs help, they don't know how to use Word to create um, a resume because they need to apply for a job and they've never had to do that before. They've always been able to do it on a paper application. And so if they know that going into it, the digital navigator can prepare in advance to um, be able to address all of the, the skills that they might need for that. Um, but they're also using North Star Digital Literacy, the assessments that we have in North Star. We have access to the curriculum. Um, and our academic audience should be familiar with North Star because during COVID, Lewis provided all of our academic institutions access to North Star. And some of our some of our member libraries have definitely taken advantage of, of having access to those digital literacy assessments and curriculum and those learning modules. And so our digital navigators are, are using both of those in conjunction, the one-on-one and then the classroom setting where they're using that curriculum. And I'm wondering if those digital navigators at their, their parish libraries, how do they know what groups to target? How are they pushing that? Are there certain specific population groups they're sort of looking to give these services to? Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, that's a really good question. So the the pilot is intended to serve their entire community. But what we've asked the the library directors especially to do early on in the pilot was to do an assessment of their community and kind of look out and see what types of people are using the library, what type of people are coming in with those specific questions, and also looking to see what community organizations and community groups are also doing similar work, or or what population groups do they see as maybe being a little underserved or unserved in their communities. And so what we're seeing is in our different pilot sites, our different library systems, they have been identifying some different population groups. So for instance, in Jefferson Parish, 
there is a significant population of Spanish speaking um, people in their community. And so they have very early on decided that they were going to target that community um, aggressively. And so they have done some really great outreach to that community using um, targeted radio and TV spots, attending festivals for the Hispanic um, population in that parish. And the bonus to that has been that not only have they been getting people signing up for these classes and signing up to take a digital literacy assessment, but they've also raised awareness about the library in general. They, they have people in that community that didn't know about the library and all the free resources that were available to them. So they were also able to sign up people for library cards. So it's been a win-win for them. That's just one example. Other um, population groups that um, we're looking at are our older adults. We do know that a higher percentage of our older adult population don't have the digital literacy skills to be able to do some of the basic functions using a computer. We also have people that are considering targeting our um, recently incarcerated population, people that have been recently paroled, released from prison, and we're seeing that they're coming out and they're you know needing to find a job, but they don't have the skill set to be able to apply for a job. And so there are projects in the works right now at a couple of libraries to work with that population group as well. That's super cool. And it makes total sense that part of that literacy and literacy instruction, even if it's an, you described as an added bonus, but it's really cool that people are signing up for library cards and just using their library more in general. That's that's really re rewarding to hear. So what else should we know about this digital inclusion pilot? Have I left anything out that you'd like to talk about? So one thing that I think that people might want to be aware of is that while the focus of the pilot is digital literacy, we do want to cover all areas of digital inclusion. So this does include our librarians receiving training on how to help people find out more information about how to find affordable internet service. So they've been receiving training on um, different topics related to um, the Affordable Connectivity Program. So we had someone from the FCC come and speak about that program and how libraries can help get the word out and help people sign up to get access to that discounted internet service. And then also how to you know, help point our patrons to places where they can find affordable devices. Because if we're only giving people the skills to take advantage of the internet and take advantage of technology, but don't help them find access to either to get a device or how they can afford the internet, then I don't think that that is going to serve our community as well. They, they need to have all three components. So they, they are as a digital navigator, helping those patrons on a one-on-one -on -one basis, get help them find the information they need so they can truly take advantage of having those, the skills that they're learning and actually use it and practice with it at home. That makes total sense to me. And I appreciate you including that and talking about that issue of access and affordability. So the last question we're gonna ask our podcast guests here is about reading and what you're reading. And the way I'm gonna frame it to you, Rebecca, is what can we read to learn more about the issues at stake that the digital inclusion pilot is trying to help serve? What should we read in order to familiarize ourselves with this issue? 
So there's a couple of things that I would like to point out. So the first would be the National Digital Inclusion Alliance, their website, digitalinclusion.org. They have a lot of information on their website. They have a listserv you can sign up for. They have an annual conference. They are the national resource for digital equity. So they are supporting all of the different organizations that work in this area. So um, Lewis, through the Board of Regents, is actually a member of NDIA. And so all, a lot of the information that they're publishing, we're pushing out to our members, um, including it in our newsletter. So we have a brand new digital inclusion um, newsletter called the Louisiana Digital Inclusion Digest that just started recently. So our listeners can um, subscribe to that. Um, I'm pushing out lots of digital inclusion resources, articles that they might be interested in reading, highlighting digital equity efforts going on in the state, whether it's in our pilot sites, but also in other other organizations in Louisiana, um, just trying to get the word out about all the great work that's being done, but maybe it's being done in silos. And so we're bringing all that together in one place. And if our listeners want to subscribe to that, I'll go ahead and put a link in the description of this, but could you also just tell us how they can subscribe? Sure. Um, so if you go to the um, to the Lewis website and go to the About Initiatives there is a um, whole section on the pilot and the digital divide. And on that page, there is a place where you can subscribe to the newsletter. And you can also read a little bit more about the pilots. We have some of the defin definitions for the different topics we've been talking about. And I also link out to some other resources related to access, affordability, digital literacy, but there are links to how to subscribe there on the Lewis page. So it's under About Lewis and then Initiatives. Perfect. So I asked you here today to talk to you about digital inclusion. So for this edition of Lewis's Ludicrous Trivia, I'm going to ask you about digital libraries and their online collections. These are ridiculous questions. And if you answer two out of three questions correct, you'll be a winner. You might say, what will I win? Well, I'll send you a personalized gift saying you won so you can proudly show off as your next email signature, show friends at parties, or set as your Zoom background during our next water cooler chat. Are you ready to play? I love it. I'm ready, Rob. You got me nervous, though. I don't know. <laughs> well, don't be nervous. Question number one is about the Internet Archive, which is a digital library with the stated mission of universal access to all knowledge. The Internet Archive offers a number of quote, top collections on its homepage, which of the following is not one of their top collections? Is it A, a 1990s holographic baseball card collection, which is a collection of gifts of fans waving their 1990s holograms of Ken Griffey Jr. and Sammy Sosa? Is it B, a collection of video game speedruns where gamers try to beat their favorite games as quickly as possible? Or is it C, a series of Ryan Adams live concert footage provided by his website? So the options are holographic baseball card collection, videos of video game speed runs, or a series of Ryan Adams live concert footage. Which of those is not one of their top collections? Oh my gosh, this is hard. <laughs> um, they, they, they all seem a little, little weird. I'm going to say the holographic baseball cards. That is correct. Oh, the holographic really? baseball cards are not. However, there are collections of video game speedruns and Ryan Adams live concert footage. 
And that's the, the concert footage is highlighted on the homepage, really. I mean, there's a lot of collections highlighted, yeah, yeah. but it is one of them. Yes, yes. Wow. I haven't I haven't looked up at the site in several months, so. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of other weird stuff on there, I should note. Question number two, the digital library iBiblio hosts a number of mailing lists. You talked about your mailing list for people with different interests. Which of the following is not one of their real mailing lists along with its description? Is it A, scythe? The description is just scythes and scything. Is it B, typical girls? Description is typical girls, women in punk slash post-punk slash underground music circa 1975 to 1980. Or is it C, parenting fails? Quote, a list to alleviate your guilt about how bad of a parent you are. <laughs> so scythes, typical girls, or parenting fails are your options. And this is the one that's the not one that's there, not there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with C, the parent fails. That's correct. Parenting uh -oh. fails. Although I do think it would be a, you know, popular list is not one of the real lists. However, a list about scythes and scything and about your typical women in punk, post-punk underground music in the 70s and 80s are real mailing lists. On that one world. sounds really cool. The, the yeah. punk women. Yeah, that sounds that cool. That one sounds cool, but I, I am admittedly, I think the scythes, I just want to know what they're talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three is about Google Books, which is a digital collection of online books. That collection sometimes comes under criticism for users for making mistakes when cataloging books in its archive. In the scan of one book, for example, the title of this book is De Morbis Purorum Tractatus by Girolamo Mercuriale. And forgive me, Latinate speakers, if I marred that. What mistake did Google Books make when scanning that book? Is it A, the second page of the scan is of a person's hand with pink latex finger gloves on? Is it B, they originally cataloged the title as De Mortis Purorum Tractatus, which changes the title book from roughly translated, treating the diseases of children to treating the death of children? Or is it C, they scanned every page upside down and didn't take the time to ever correct it? I'm going to go with C. It seems the most reasonable. Well, C is a very common mistake that they do make when they scan books in Google. Yeah. But the correct answer is actually A. The, <laughs> the second glove? page is a, just a hand with like pink latex finger gloves on. <laughs> that being said... You did still get two out of three correct, and so you are a winner of this week's Lewis's Ludus Chris Trivia, and we'll shortly have a GIF celebrating your victory in your inbox. Very cool. Very cool, Rob. Well, thanks so much for playing with us today and for talking to us about the Digital Inclusion Pilot. It's really important work, and I really appreciate you taking the time to do all the work that you're doing with the pilot and also spread the news through this podcast and your newsletter and other things, and we can't wait to hear more about it. Thank you. Thank you for, for having me here today, Rob. Here's what's going on at Lewis this week. On Thursday, February 9th, we'll be having our Symphony Reports Ask Me Anything, where system administrators can come and ask questions of our LSP team about Symphony Reports. That'll happen from 9 to 10 a.m. And on Friday the 10th, you can look out for the Lewis Lately. Thanks for listening with us this week, and we can't wait to listen with you again soon.